You're listening to BG Mania for February 14th, 2018. On with the show. BG Mania, a video game music podcast found on Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey guys! Before we get into the excellent music we have lined up for your listening pleasure today, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Me too. Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with a lazy boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box in all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support. 
Last but not least, if you don't currently subscribe to our YouTube channel or other podcasts, we've got a lot of great content out there that you may be interested in. Simply search Level Down Games on any podcast app to see a list of our shows, including Max Level, BG Mania, The Gorgeous Lives of Wrestling, and Revisiting the Classics. We also have a YouTube channel that sees at least one new video uploaded to it daily, and again, that can be found by searching for Level Down Games on YouTube. We'd love to see you around more often in our little community, and we'd also love to hear from you too. If you want to contact the show, feel free to send an email to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. We're always looking for additional requests for upcoming episodes, including Radio Hour and our themed weeks. You can also send us general questions or thoughts related to video games or gaming music, or even personal questions related to myself and Frank. All requests will eventually make it into the show, and any good questions will also make it into our shows. Alright man, we've got a special episode today. As, uh, as, as you heard there, although that was in Italian, so you may not have understood the lyrics, but uh, we've got a very romantic episode planned. So I hope you're, uh, I hope you're cuddling up next to uh, someone special. I know I am. It's called my cat. So, so, <laughs> so am I. Yeah, it's called the, called, called the joke. Jesus, because it's always there for me. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see you getting there. I thought you were going to like, I thought you were going to say like the Joker. I, I am wearing an awesome Joker Snuggie that you guys can't see right now. <laughs> I guess it's uh, I guess it must be cold over there, huh? A little bit. A little bit chilly. I know it's chilly outside here too today. But uh, no, we've we've got a pretty good episode lined up for you today. Obviously, today is February fourteenth, a commercial holiday by the name of Valentine's Day, and uh, Valentine's Day typically is a holiday where we spend time with loved ones. Typically, unless you don't celebrate it because it is a commercial holiday but uh you know it's pretty expensive. or because you're alone and you're a loser <laughs> like you are well absolutely not okay i have the love of the fans okay they sustain me mm-hmm. are they taking you out to dinner tonight uh i, I i'm honored thanks guys. <laughs> um frank and i both came prepared with eight tracks each and we got a listener track, too. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I didn't tell you about that, but we got an email. We got a listener track for today, too. Um, You opened up the show. What did we listen? just listen to? Oh, that was in Italian. What was that? That was in very bad Italian at that. Uh, oh, very bad Italian. Okay. Did you Were you able to understand it or no? I, I was. Okay. Uh, that was Cadamia Audio okay. uh, from, from Portal 2. Okay. Uh, the song was composed by uh, Mike Moreski, mm-hmm. and the lyrics were just made Mike Moreski? Michael Zowski. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the lyrics were just pretty much made up on the spot. Okay. Uh, very simple lyrics. It was okay Italian, to be honest. Uh, okay. So but translate it. Was, it. So translate it. Uh, my beautiful dear, my beautiful darling, how much I adore you. Uh, farewell. Uh, goodbye, science, I heard in there. Okay. Uh, uh, lo- 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 pretty much kind of, kind of me, audio is uh, ah, my dear, oh, oh my dear, concept. Okay, I have the official oh, oh. translation. You were pretty, you were pretty damn close. Close, yeah. It's... Yeah, pretty damn close. The official translation yeah. is, dear beautiful, my beautiful darling, my child, O'Shell, for I hold her in esteem, for I hold her in esteem, farewell to my dear. My dear girl, why do you not walk anyway? Or why do you not walk away? Yes, away from science, my dear, my dear girl, ah, uh, my beautiful, ah, uh, my dear, ah, uh, my dear, ah, uh, my child, oh dear. My dear. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. It was, it was something spectacular. Uh, no, no. Uh, but a good track, nonetheless. But a good track, it's, nonetheless. 
I, I love uh, the turrets when they do when they do their operas. They do it through their songs, and we listened to one of those on our um, holiday episode for Christmas, yes, Christmas bonus yes, episode, the Carol of the Turrets. I was actually telling Frank before we actually started recording that uh, anytime there's like a themed episode, he he tends to find a track that fits from Portal Two. You can definitely tell this is one of your favorite games. Oh, it is. One hundred percent. I love Portal Two. Yeah, I would love a Portal Three. Yeah. I think a lot of people would love a Portal 3. It's actually if we're going to get a Portal 3, probably. That's the thing. Make it happen. <laughs> I, 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 I don't care about Half-Life 3. Just give me Portal 3. Okay. The uh, There's something with Valve in the third games that just uh, tend to never actually Exactly. Happen. They just would break their hearts. <laughs> but uh, no, this is actually a, a beautiful song. Even though, <laughs> even, even though you say that the Italian is not amazing in it, um, it's still a great track. And a good way to open up the show today. Yeah. So, 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 what, so what do you got for me, Brian? Well, how are you going to touch this heart of mine? I've prepared a an assortment of songs today, and I, I'm going to range from games that feature my favorite love stories in general to games that I feel like have the most emotional and romantic moments in them. But uh, I'm going to kick things off today with probably my favorite love story in a game, and that's from Final Fantasy VIII, featuring Squall and Renoa. The track I chose for this one is Eyes on Me.
was Eyes on Me from Final Fantasy VIII. Obviously, as we know, Final Fantasy VIII was composed by Nobu Yamatsu. Uh, that track there was actually, the lyrics was sang by Fei Wong. She was the artist that you heard there. Um, the score for Final Fantasy VIII is, is clearly known, it's best known for two songs. Liber Fatali, or Liberi Fatali. I don't know how you pronounce that in, uh, in, in Italian. Um, at least I'm, or I'm, I don't know if that's Italian or not. Might be, it might be Latin. I have no clue. Uh, you're shaking your head no, so I'm assuming it's not Italian. I have, I have no idea. Yeah, so I, it, it might be Latin. But uh, it, the the game is known for that song. It's very, 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 very cool. You'll hear that when we do our, our BG Mini episode on Final Fantasy 8 and 9. Uh, coming up soon, actually. And this track here, Eyes on Me, uh, it is a pop song, and it, it does basically serve as the game's theme. And again, performed by a Chinese singer by the name of Fei Wong. Um... What's really cool about this is that near the end of the production of Final Fantasy VII, the developers suggested to use a singer for the next game, for like the next main theme for the game. But they went away from the idea because of a number of different reasons. But Nobuyumatsu actually thought that a ballad would closely relate to the theme that he was trying to portray in Final Fantasy VIII because this is a beautiful love story. And this resulted in, obviously, them interviewing a bunch of different people and, and auditioning a bunch of different people and they settled on Fei Wong because Nobuo Yumatsu claimed that her voice and mood matched his image of the song exactly the way he wanted it to be done and that her ethnicity fit the international image that Final Fantasy had built up so so that's how she ended up getting the contract to do the song for this or the, 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 the vocals for this uh, they released it as a standalone single over in Japan at the time and it sold over 400,000 copies setting the record for the highest-selling video game music disc ever released in Japan at the time when it came out, which is pretty cool. Um, Faye Wong, I think she's still active, too, in, in, the, in the music industry. Yeah, she's still active. She's uh, obviously, as we mentioned, a Chinese singer, uh, only 48 years old. So, yeah, she's she's still active. But, uh, and so is her, her, her daughter's a singer now as well. So. Is she? Very cool. Yeah. Um, but no, as, as I mentioned, Final Fantasy VIII has, I, I, I think Final Fantasy VIII has my favorite love story of all time between Renoa and Squall, the two main characters in the game. It is surprisingly competent and really good. It's really well done. Um, the entire game is built around this relationship. So the, the relationship as, you know, as it starts to bloom and as, you, as you're watching it happen in between the game, and I'm not giving away spoiler stuff here because I know we're going to get to this for revisiting the classics, and I don't want to spoil anything for you because I want you to experience this the way that I experienced it for the first time. But their love story ends up feeling very real and very grounded. So it, it just, it, it worked and I loved it. And that's why I always say, I really wish they would do a remake of Final Fantasy VIII after Final Fantasy VII because I feel like it does deserve it. And it, the game has a great story and, and, and it's a perfect love story. So I, uh, I, I hope that we see more from that in the future. And that track there, man, how beautiful is that? It was, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Pretty, 
It's it's so good. I, I freaking love that track. I, I go back and listen to that time and time again. It's it's amazing. It's and it just brings back so many memories of playing Final Fantasy VIII. I absolutely love it. But uh, let's get to your next track. So from a beautiful love story to an odd to say the least love story. Okay, okay. This is Dispersion Relation from Hatofo Boyfriend. that was Dispersion Relation from Hatofa Boyfriend. Uh, Hatofa Boyfriend being a dating simulator where you play as a human girl who goes to a school for birds to find love. A visual novel. Yeah, it's a visual novel. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it was interesting. I, I played it because it was free on PlayStation Network yeah. and uh, I, it was kind of endearing. I think Jessica's played this because she obviously is our resident visual novel expert here at Level Down Game. She always does reviews for those. I'm pretty sure she's played this one. Uh, but this is this, um, there's there's several romance options uh, in these games. Yeah. So this was the uh, the romance option with the science teacher. Okay. Uh, disper- dispersion relations actually a quantum physics term which I couldn't even try to wrap my mind around, so I'm not even going to try to explain it. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, How romantic. <laughs> no, but this, this, is, this is the music during your... your no, your... no, no, I know, but I just meant, like, the term, how romantic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a dispersion relation. All right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little jazzy tune. Um, but this is what you hear when you're trying to romance, and if you do successfully romance your teacher, okay. which can get you in trouble. Well, not you, the teacher. But uh, we're, 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 we're here for all kinds of romances at Level Down Games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love is love. Love is, is love is love is love is love. How did it's love? And how many times did they say that? Is love is, is love, love is love is love. Uh, I I have not played Hatoful Boyfriend, but like I said, I'm I'm fairly confident Jessica has played it because I I want to say I remember watching her play it, but uh, it, it was quirky. It was yeah. it was kind of it was kind of cool. Sure, I'm surprised you played it. I played it because it was free, just to give it a shot. Sure. Uh, I'm, did you I'm finish not, it? I, I did three playthroughs of it. Okay. Because typically, once you finish a visual novel the first time, you can fast forward through a lot of the scenes and through a lot of the stuff that you've already seen. I'm assuming Hatoful Boyfriend is the same way. Yes. Yeah, so you, your subsequent playthroughs generally are a lot quicker in terms of visual novels because I mean these games I know some of the ones that Jessica plays they have like 9, 10, 11, 12 romance options and obviously you want to go through them all and see all the co- all the content in the game and she always does she always 100% these things and normally gets the platinum trophy for these but um, you know like she, she zips through them once she's seen it the first time and it's just funny because she just puts them on fast forward and then stops it on scenes she hasn't seen so I, I was assuming Hatoful Boyfriend is the same way it was. I was killed by uh, a band of ninja birds the first playthrough because they didn't do well. <laughs> the bad ending. I absolutely got the bad ending. <laughs> um, great track, though. Very, uh, how would you, like, jazz? J- jazz jazz inspired? Yeah, very jazz inspired with that track. So it felt really, really cool. But all right, let's move on to my next pick. We're going to go to Lunar, the Silver Star story. The track... Luna's Boat Song, otherwise known as the Wind Nocturne.
And that was Luna's Boat Song, otherwise known as The Wind Nocturne, from Lunar Silver Star Story. Lunar Silver Star Story released on the PlayStation May 28th, 1999 here in North America. It would eventually see a release on iOS as well in 2012. Um, The composer for this is Noriyuki Awadare, and he has done a few different things here. I'm trying to see. He's the composer for the Longresser franchise, uh, obviously the Lunar franchise. He did Sim Earth. Um, trying to pick out the big ones here. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. <laughs> uh, on the Game Boy. He did the Game Boy track for that one. Uh, Wing Commander. I liked that game on the Sega CD. Um, recent stuff. Anything recent? Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice was him. And he's also the Grandia composer. So obviously a lot of big franchises under his belt. Uh, some, some franchises I wish would return. Lunar, Lunar Man was a great franchise. I played most of the Lunar games. There was Lunar the Silver Star Story. There was Lunar Eternal Blue. Um, there was Dragon Song. And there was like one other one too. But um, this particular scene in the game in, in Silver Star Story is absolutely beautiful. You've got, um, you know, you got Luna on the boat, and as you're basically traveling through this area, she just starts singing the song. And it's a very emotional moment in the game, a very beautiful moment in the game. And if you actually pay attention to the lyrics, it's actually really, really well done. Um, it's it's so good, man. It, this, this track is just so good. I, I, I definitely, I think most of my picks today actually have lyrics to them. Um, I think all but one, maybe. All but one might have lyrics. Maybe, maybe two don't. But uh, just going back when I was looking for tracks for this, I came across the entire cutscene for this game once again. And seeing it just instantly gave me goosebumps, just bringing me back to that time period. The uh, the graphics for the game were, were pretty good on the on the PlayStation back in the day. These, this is obviously, these were released for the golden age of JRPGs on the PlayStation and PS2 era. Um, it's just so good, man. It, it's so freaking good. And just the cutscene that accompanied the song. I mean, it's just why these... It's um, why... I've never played the game, and I know the cutscene, because I've actually seen it on YouTube before. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's a cartoon. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, it, it's those types of reasons why these songs stick with me. I mean, it's, it's because I resonate with them, and I, and I remember these things about it. And it's just so... It's, it's just such a good... It's such a good feeling. It really is. Um... And it was simply added to the game, this particular song, to heighten the emotion of Alex and Luna's departure into the world. Uh, so, and it worked. It, it was really well done. I, I really enjoyed this. Just a nice, simple ballad. Very romantic for Valentine's Day. But uh, what are you going to set the mood with next? Why bring us back down to Earth? Okay. Uh, with Earthbound. Why? Because I love you.
was Because I Love You from Earthbound. Uh, I know song... you do, but quit, you got you don't have to keep telling them that you do. I love each and every one of you fans. No, uh, you, you were talking to me, weren't you? No, Ryan. No one loves you. You've, you've broken my heart. Uh, so there's a song that you hear at the end uh, between uh, Ness and Paula. And uh, it's a bit of a slowed down version of, Poly of the Pollyanna theme that you hear from all the mother games. But it touches you right here in your loving spot. I'm pointing to my heart, not the other loving spot. My heart's broken right now. Okay, Brian. <laughs> because, you're, because, because you're a fan, I love you too. There you go. I love each and every one of you. Thank you all for taking out the dinner tonight. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you have to let me know how that imaginary dinner is once you uh, once you get back from it. Okay, because in my head we're having steak and lobster. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Probably gonna be McDonald's. <laughs> I'm Dude, a baller on a I'm a baller on a budget. Can you go there and at least ask for steak and lobster and see what happens? Of course. They'll look at me like I'm crazy. They'll be like I'm crazy and they'll spit in my food. That's do what's going to happen. Do, do they actually still work there in your area, or are they have they been replaced by kiosks yet? Not yet, but I can't wait. <laughs> oh man, good track though. I love this one. And Earthbound, obviously, I love this game too. But this track in particular, I love this. I love this track. Yeah, I love this game. Love this track. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see another three uh, localized one of these days. I really obviously think we're going to. I mean, all signs point to it happening uh, for the Nintendo Switch. It just, it really feels like it's going to happen at some point. I think it has to. There's been so many rumors about it. I think it has to. <laughs> but let's move to my next pick. And the game I recently finished a few weeks back in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The track, Where We Used to Be.
And that was Where We Used To Be from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. A game that I have definitely played quite a few things from, and a game that we're going to highlight even further with a showcase later this month in our in our bonus episode for February. Uh, composed by a number of different people, the main composer being Yasunori Mitsuda, the legendary Yasunori Mitsuda, as we've talked about here before. Also, Ace Team, Kenji Hiramatsu, and Manami Kiyota also involved with the soundtrack. This particular tr- a song plays many different times throughout the game. And the reason why I saved this instead of playing it elsewhere or playing it on the showcase episode is it, it, it definitely felt the romantic episode that we had planned for Valentine's Day because a majority of the time that you hear it it's when um, Rex and Pyra the you know the the main guy and, and the main blade Pyra being the blade Rex being the main good person that you control throughout the game the main character it's whenever they're having an emotional moment or a sentimental moment or a romantic moment together this is a track that you typically hear in the background so I, I, I separated it from everything else and I, it took me a while to figure out what track it actually was because I had to listen to the entire soundtrack to pick out which track that's actually playing in the background for those and you actually kind of have to listen for key things here and there to determine which one it actually is but I, I finally was able to determine that this is the one that's playing in those moments that I that I definitely felt were beautiful and romantic in, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And it's a, it's a game that I, I could not, I don't have enough praise for. This game is just so good, so phenomenal. Um, I, I could listen to this track for days, forever. Like, it, it's, I love this track. Um, I love this game, man. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it definitely, it hit me as hard as it needed to. And, and, and left a lasting impression because it was very emotional and I really, really liked it. But it was also beautiful. I don't know. I, don't, I don't really don't know how else to put it into words. It's touching. That's what it's trying to say. It's... Yeah, kind of. But it's a great track. And and I, hey, I, I, I'm looking forward to our spotlight episode. It's going to be. Oh, it's going to be so it's good. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good because this really is one of my favorite soundtracks in quite some time. I really do feel like this episode is going to be so good. Yeah, this is this is basically every cutscene between Rex and Pyra, which is why I chose it because it just had this romantic feel to it for me. It did. But all right, what do you got next for us? I'm going to take you back to a game that I truly, truly enjoy: Grim Fandango. This is Mandy and Mitch.
And that was Manny and Mitch from Grim Fandango. Uh, definitely romantic. I love this. Game. The, the, the relationship between Manny and Mercedes is, is just great. You know, he, th- you know, he thinks she's his way out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he grows to love her. He does. Yeah, that's it. This, this, if it wasn't obvious, but the name of this game being Grim Fandango, the style of music was a nice Fandango. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear this and I immediately just picture um, Morticia and Gomez Adams dancing together. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I, I don't know. I've always been a big fan of Grand Pandango ever since it first came out on PC in the mid Tim, Tim Schafer's the man. Like, yeah, he is. Uh, I, love, I love his work. Uh, he, he still continues to make good stuff to this day with, over at Double Fine. No, Grand Pandango, probably one of my favorites from the from the point-and-click era. That and uh, Full Throttle are, are two of my absolute favorites from, from that time period. Something about this one and just the art style that they use, obviously with the, um, the Day of the Dead type of stuff going yeah. on. I always really enjoyed this, and then when they did the HD remaster on PlayStation 4, I instantly picked it up. That was a, it was an instant purchase for me when I, when that happened. Uh, played through it again, absolutely love it. It's such a good song, such a good game. Listening to that, hearing the the violin, the cello in the background, it's dude, it's beautiful. I love this track. I do, I do, I do. It fits the theme perfectly. But my next pick for this episode, we're gonna go to The Witcher 3. The track is Priscilla's song, The Wolven Storm. But when it all began, 
was Priscilla's song, known as The Wolven Storm, from The Witcher 3. Obviously, The Witcher 3 was composed by a Polish composer, well, I will butcher his name, Marcin P-R-Z-Y-B-Y-L-O-W-I-C-Z is the last name. It's, it's, it's unpronounceable. It's just something we made up just to mess with us. <laughs> I, I, I would absolutely butcher it trying to pronounce it. They threw a box of forks down the stairs, and that's the noise I made, okay? <laughs> But he's a great composer. Obviously, he he does all the work for CD Projekt Red. He did the work for The Witcher 2, The Witcher 3. He did stuff for The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Um, he he did the Seven, The Days Long Gone. He did Gwent, the game. And he's obviously working on Cyberpunk 2077 for CD Projekt Red. So, great composer. I love hearing his stuff, man. The Witcher 3 has a phenomenal soundtrack. Um, but I don't know if this song was composed by him. I, I want to say that it probably was. But I don't know. Because this game, this song doesn't even appear on the official soundtrack. So this is just heard in game. And you go to one of these taverns in the game. Uh, obviously, Geralt sits down and he's like listening to one of the, the bards play on the stage. Or she's a uh, she's a minstrel, Priscilla the minstrel. And she's playing in this tavern and she starts singing this song. Uh, this is during the Broken Flowers quest in Novigrad. So it's the tavern in Novigrad. And she starts belting out this tune, man. And it's basically the story of Yennefer and Geralt. And he realizes this as he's listening to it and she's singing it. So she's basically singing about him and he's sitting there watching her. Uh, it is one of my favorite moments, if not my favorite moment from The Witcher 3. This game is an absolute masterpiece. Um, it, the, the love story told between Geralt and whoever you choose to be your romantic partner in this game is, is second to none, man. Yennefer, obviously, is the girl that I went with because that that is who has Geralt's heart. Like, that is really the canon choice who he should be with. But you can also choose Triss. You can also choose a number of different people. And however you decide to go, CD Projekt Red made it work. And it was really well done. But Yennefer is obviously, you know, the the de facto choice for Geralt. And just this song is beautiful. The song is sung really well. Her voice is pristine. It's so crystal clear. It's so well done. And it's made even better if you actually know going in that she's singing about Geralt and Yennefer. Like, if you don't know that when you actually are watching this, it, it still is beautiful and it still is a good moment. But when you actually listen to the lyrics and you realize she's singing about Geralt, it makes it even better. I love it. It's so good. That's gotta be a little awkward, though, as a singer. Singing to to someone that's there, or what? Singing about the person who's listening to you. Probably. I I don't I, I don't see why that would be anything but awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do have a fan submission for this episode, 
And it was accompanied by an email. And I thought this email was really, really nice and really, really cool. So let me pull this up. Email says, hey, Brian, my name is Will. I wanted to send in a request for the upcoming Valentine's Day episode. I've been a big fan of yours since I discovered you last year during E3 when you were over at Supergen, which I think is hilarious. In f that, that's me saying I think is hilarious. In fact, I was the one who commented that you seemed like the only one that was actually passionate about what you were doing and everyone else just kind of seemed off. I do remember that too. Anyway, once Supergen stopped putting out videos, I randomly checked over at Level Down Games since you had mentioned it multiple times before on air and noticed you were still putting out content daily there and going strong. I'm glad to see you continuing to grow and finding some level of success. Anyway, my request for, Valentine for the Valentine's Day episode is Romance in the Air from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. I know you said it's one of your least favorite Zelda games, but hear me out. My girlfriend and I regularly listen to BG Mania on our commute home from work on Wednesday evening. So this goes out to you, Lauren. Happy Valentine's Day. Keep up the good work. You've got a supporter for life in me. Take care. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So they're apparently listening. They, 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 this couple listens to us on, on Wednesday evenings after our episodes go up on their way home from work. I thought that was kind of neat. And that's actually a really cool moment. So it's, it's even funny to me that he actually discovered me, though, through Super Gen. <laughs> because I, I was not there very long, but... Uh, Oh man, oh, I wish I wouldn't have went there. But hey, if I didn't, then I wouldn't. Then I wouldn't have. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Uh, Will wouldn't have found me. So, so it it all has it all has a meaning. It all has a reason. But uh, we're gonna play "Romance in the Air" from The Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword.
And that was Romance in the Air from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, a listener track submitted to us from Will this week. Thanks again for that track. Uh, it is a really beautiful song. Um, I I've mentioned this, dude, and, and as he pointed out in the email, I'm not a huge fan of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. And it's n nothing to do with the game, or uh, no, sorry, nothing to do with the story, everything to do with the game, because I, I didn't like the one-to-one -one motion with the Wii Motion Plus. I thought that was a stupid gimmick. I, that's why I really was not a big fan of the Wii. I didn't like the motion controls. That's why I don't really like the move controls. And one of the reasons I didn't like move controls using PlayStation VR. I'm not big into motion when it comes to playing video games. So the Wii Motion Plus being the central way to control this game, and really the only way to control this game, and the only way to do the combat, was a big deterrent to me with fun factor and actually enjoying this game so i really do feel like skyward sword is going to get a remaster treatment just like twilight princess did on the wii u i really feel like skyward sword will get that for the switch <laughs> I, I hopefully this year but if not maybe next year um when it does get that and if it does get that i will give this game a fair chance once again using a tr traditional controller because the story seemed really interesting to me this is one of the only zelda games that actually has a romantic relationship between Link and Zelda. Um, you know, they actually set this set this up in the story, and, and this yeah. particular track, from what I understand, because I didn't get to this portion in the game, but from what I understand, this track comes on in one of the moments where you're actually together with Zelda as Link. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it shows them as being like friends since they were very little, and like the, like the, how young love bloomed, and how like. It, it alludes to there maybe being something more intimate uh, in the future, kind of going on. Sure, uh, but it's, it, you could definitely tell that they love each other. Like it's it, there's no they, they don't they don't shy away from it. It's it's not like in, in the previous Zelda's how uh, Link is going to save the princess because that's his duty. This is you, right. you could definitely tell that there, there, there's affection, there, there's feeling here. And this is the uh, the oldest game in the timeline. This is the opening game, the original game for the Legend of Zelda timeline. It's it's the game that actually Correct. sets sets the tone or sets the events that are going to happen throughout every other game in the in the series. So that's kind of neat that this is the original for now. I mean, they could do something more. Of course, they could. But yeah. but, uh, but but for now, this is the very first game in the timeline before anything else. So so that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, no, thanks again for the track. And as we always mention, if you want to submit things for Radio Hour episodes or you want to submit tracks for our themed episodes, just email us. Reach out to us, bgmania at leveldowngames.com. All right, man, what do you got next? Uh, I think I have to go to... I have to hit you with a heavy hitter because he, he, he picked a great track. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to have to come out guns blazing here with one of my favorite puzzle games of all time. Definitely one of the most uh, romantic games of all time. This is also Sprock Brooks from Catherine.
and that was also Sprack Brooks from Catherine. I love that tune, dude. Very another very like bluesy, jazzy feel to it. But it fits this game style. It does. It really does. Yeah. I mean, it, this is a different kind of romance. Of course, of course. Obviously, Catherine is a man. How would you? What would you call it? Like a. It, it, it is a romance game because you have a love interest in this game by the name of Catherine. But you start going to this bar and there's another Catherine there that becomes really interested in you and you kind of become interested in her. And based on like there's so many different outcomes to this game, you can choose the original Catherine. You can choose the new Catherine. There's a remake coming for PlayStation 4 or later where they're adding a third Catherine and you can actually get a bunch of different endings with her. So it's 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 it is it's a sleazy game. It is. It is. But but it's so fun and atlas actually did this is this was done by the um persona team so so atlas is i mean they just make such good games and well well, like you said this is definitely a different type of of a romantic game it still fits the theme it still fits the mood okay at the end of the day it's all about love it's all about love because love is love is love is is love is love feel like a broken record where where is the love there you go. <laughs> Where is the love? Wait, we'll have to ask Will I am. <laughs> I am Will. No, Will sent us in the track. He sent us in the fan, the listener. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good. That's good stuff. Uh, Will, while you're at it, uh, how do you feel about Coolio? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. All right. Let's move in to my next pick for this episode. We're going to go to a game that is getting a re-release on the Nintendo Switch later this year. And that's The World Ends With You. The track, Lullaby For You. to this too why the sky is blue is the change in me all true now that you are next to me i have no fears and all i know is that i want to be with you Sometimes it's easy to forget the times we weep. The moment makes us weak, and all the shame I seek. Memories exist for all the precious days my heart still wants to keep. Somewhere deep inside of me.
And that was Lullaby for You from The World Ends With You, a game that I am extremely excited to replay when it comes to Nintendo Switch. And, and I've recently been thinking about this. I'm glad that they're not doing a sequel because I don't think this game actually needs a sequel. This game was close to perfection as it was when it released on the Nintendo DS, uh, and it was a complete story. On when it released on the DS. And I think by, by shoehorning a sequel or a prequel or something like that, it would kind of take away from how beautiful and how lasting the story was in The World Ends With You. So I'm glad that they're just kind of remastering it and putting it out for another generation to enjoy and explore, because I think that's really all the story needs. Uh, this track here, Lullaby For You, it actually is the ending credits theme. So it's the thing that you hear at the end of the game, which typ is typical for a game like this that has romance in it. A lot of times what you'll hear in the ending credits is a, a love story or a love ballad, something similar to this. You'll hear that sometimes in the ending credits. Uh, I freaking love this track. It is so good. Um, 
did you play this game at all? I have not, no. Okay. Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this game and this prequel to come out. Prequel? It's like, no, no, no. no. Yeah, the world begins with you. Let's, let's get the this world begins with you. Uh, everyone was thinking that the sequel would be The World Ends With You too, because it just, I mean, it flows off the tongue and, and obviously, two is in TLO. Yeah. But uh, the, the soundtrack was composed by Takaharu Ishimoto, and he has done, I mean, he did work for, before Crisis Final Fantasy VII, he did work for, obviously, The World Ends With You. He was the composer behind Crisis Core, which I think has a very strong soundtrack. Um, he did the original soundtrack for Dissidia. He was the composer with Yoko Shimomura on Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts. Um, he did the Type Zero soundtrack. He did Dream Drop Distance for Kingdom Hearts, and he recently did the City of Final Fantasy NT. So he's still doing work over at Kingdom, uh, not Kingdom Hearts. He's still doing work over at Square Enix. Um, he he did some work outside of Square Enix as well. He did All Star Pro Wrestling, one, two, and three for another company over in Japan, and uh, he did some initial work back in 1999 on Legend of Mana and Vagrant Story. Vagrant Story is a fantastic game. So so he's definitely been active inside of Square Enix for a while now. But just the world ends with you, man. It's it's such a good, such a good game. I, I it, I'm so happy that it's coming again. It was a big surprise to me during the Nintendo Direct Mini, and, and I'm, it's crazy that they just kind of just put it out there like they did, and without like this big fanfare behind it, because the game deserves the fanfare. Um, and it's crazy that it actually uh, that it didn't get it. But the actual vocals were done by a Japanese pop artist by the name of Giangri, and I'm probably. Butch, butchering that uh, J-Y-O-N-G-R-I Jongri that's yeah, yeah Jongri uh, she's a Japanese pop singer with uh, Korean ancestry she is only 29 years old so she and she's currently still active so so when she did this track for The World Ends With You she was what maybe 18 19 years old because the game came out in 2007 so if she's 29 now she'd probably be she probably would have been 18 when she recorded this track so Pretty cool. But uh, yeah, this game is beautiful. This track is beautiful. Fits the mood. Fits the mood. What do you got next? Um, from uh, The last track was from a puzzle game. My next game is also from a bit of a puzzle game. Okay. More, of a more of a mystery game. Okay. This is uh, Professor Layton and the Unwound Future. My song is Time Travel.
and that was time travel from Professor Layton and the Unwound Future. I'm so glad you picked this one. I am. It almost made my list. It really did. You know, this this is a definitely touching song. Like, do you remember? Do you remember what happens though when the song is playing? Do you remember what this is about? Absolutely not. Really? I have zero memory of anything because I am old. That's true. Both both statements true. But uh, so. so <laughs> So this takes place near the, actually at the very end of the game. And obviously with Professor Latent and the Unwound Future, one of the, the big things here, as the track alludes to, is time travel. And, um, oh man, what was the girl's name? Do you, you probably don't remember. Sarah? Uh, Claire, Claire, Claire. I think it was Claire. So Professor Layton and Claire are, are having this moment together at the, uh, at the end of the game. And she basically tells him that she has to go because she came from the future and you know she she was there to basically because of because of something that happens in the game she is there and at the end of the game obviously after you have solved all the puzzles and have done everything she disappears and she doesn't really want to say goodbye and you know she doesn't want Herschel who's Professor Layton um, you know, he doesn't want to say goodbye again. And he says that he's like, I, I don't want to have to say goodbye again. And she walks off and rounds the corner. And what's the little kid's name? Um, his, his, uh, his apprentice. Do you remember? I told you I have a bad memory, but you, uh, you, you haven't played these games. Well, I'm asking. I have to, I, I played a long time <laughs> the, uh, the, the little kid, he's like crying and runs around the corner after, after Claire and she's gone. So like, she's basically disappears this dude, this whole song is just brings emotions forward that I felt and I had when I played this game. And, and upon seeing this ending, it's probably my favorite Professor Layton game to date because of the story that they told through this, and because it showed a different side of Professor Layton, a side that you don't normally see. I mean, dude, he's normally like a calm, cool, collective type of a person. You know, he doesn't really let things get to him, doesn't really let things bother him. But in the unwound future. A, this game where he has a romantic interest and he has a vested interest in this in this Claire, you see a very vulnerable Professor Layton in a, in a side that you don't normally see, and he begins crying at, at the end of this. And dude, it's 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 really emotional, but at the same time, it's so beautiful, so romantic. Absolutely love this track, and absolutely love this game. Luke, thank you. <laughs> kid's name is Luke um no great pick though I like I said I almost uh I almost picked this for my list I'm glad that you actually chose to go with it because I didn't actually have it on there so great choice great choice coming up next we're gonna go to an RPG series that I really wish would return someday and that's Grandia so the game Grandia 2 the track Romance at Windy Isle
And that was Romance at Windy Isle from Grandia 2. Grandia 2 originally released on the Sega Dreamcast December 6, 2000 here in North America, and then it would eventually see, which is the version I played on PlayStation 2, January 28, 2002. This was composed by Noriyuki Awadere, a composer that we actually just talked about not that long ago because he's the same one that worked on Lunar Silver Star Story earlier in the episode. So again, this guy just, dude, it's so incredible. Um, and, and real quick, Frank actually had to step away briefly, but he will be back in time to introduce his next track. So, so we're just going to talk about this piece here for a few minutes. Uh, this track is absolutely gorgeous. It's just, it's so good when you listen to it. It fits the mood, it fits the theme that we're trying to portray here. And like I said, this is a series that I really wish would return. And it sucks that it won't. Um, obviously, this was published by Ubisoft and developed by Game Arts. I don't think, I don't think Ubisoft has any intention to, to ever bring this back. I remember seeing something six, seven years ago that the uh, creator of Grandia, Takeshi Miyagi, actually passed away at the young age of 45. So I don't think that the the studios have any intention of continuing the franchise and just kind of letting it sit where it's at and letting his legacy be what it is with the Grandia series, because Grandia was a fantastic RPG series. Um, some some great music to be found in those soundtracks through throughout the games, and I'm sure this is not the first time well, it is the first time, but I'm sure it will not be the last time that you hear something from the Grandia franchise. But it looks like Frank is returning, so let's see where he is going to take us next. What do you got for us, man? I'm taking you over to Streets of Rage. Okay. And this is the ending theme. <laughs> That was the ending theme from Streets of Rage. Oh, yes, it was. Done by my homie and your friend, Mr. Yuzo Koshiro. A future spotlight candidate in our composer series that we're going to be doing, Yuzo Koshiro. I love his work, dude. 
Yusuke Koshiro is amazing. Just listen to that tune. It's a great tune. I mean, of course, you don't you know from this, you know from the Wise series. These, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, oh, hilarious. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Yeah, I wish we, we kind of wish you wouldn't be, but that's okay. Wow, Brian. I brings the ruckus, okay? Okay. <laughs> no, man, uh, obviously Streets of Rage, a game that has, like, no romantic in it, like, no romantic things in it at all. Uh, sure it does. You're trying to save your girlfriend. Uh, true. Okay. But, like, but uh, not, nothing really romantic happens in the game. You beat up a, a woman who may be a man named Poison. That's not really romantic. Guess not. <laughs> But no, like, this track, though, if you think about it, like, it just, it is one of the, one of the ones that I feel like we've played today that you could just put on to set the mood for Valentine's Day. All right. Just listen to, listen to that beat, though. It is. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a nice romantic beat. It is. That you could do things to. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, what a great game, too, Streets of Rage. It is. In fact, I fired it up recently because uh, I, I've been going through all my, all my old Sega games. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm still just as bad as it is I was back then. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an easy game. It's, 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 it's not, not an easy but, game. Not but it's so game. fun. It is. And it's more fun to play with another person than this one. Of course. Of much, course. Much, much, much like the, uh, Valentine's Day itself, it's more fun to play with another person. No. <laughs> but uh, obviously the soundtrack to Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2. Streets of Rage 2... I, I want Street to say... Rage, Street Rage 2 had more of like a like a 90s I, club kind of beat to it. But it, but it was more synthwave too. Yeah. And, and I really, really liked it. So I, I, I want to say that I think I might have liked Streets of Rage's 2 soundtrack a little bit better. But even still, they both have amazing soundtracks. They're both worth exploring, worth listening to the entire soundtrack. Uh, that's not the first time we've heard something from the Streets Rage franchise on BG Mania. You've picked something before from it. Yes, I have. Oh, I can't and, remember offhand. Anything I pick from him is going to be great. Yeah, and it definitely won't be the last thing that you hear. You know. Absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to to my next pick. We're going to go to Silent Hill Three. This one, I want love. All right, let's do this. One, two, three.
and that was I Want Love from Silent Hill 3. Silent Hill 3 composed by a wonderful composer by the name of Kira Yamioka. Uh, he has done all the work for the Silent Hill games. Uh, currently, he sits over at the uh, Grasshopper Manufacture Studio as the sound director. Grasshopper Manufacture, obviously, that is the studio that also has Suda51, who is a freaking genius when it comes to game development. I absolutely love him. He's insane. He actually was on the uh, NIS America press event this past week. Uh, we have reactions up on it on our YouTube channel if you want to go check that out. I was I was live on both YouTube and Twitch for the reactions for that and live coverage. Um, they're also the studio that's developing Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. So I'm wondering if maybe Akira Yamioki will be on the on the game as a, as a composer. That would be kind of so. sweet. Yeah, that would be kind of sweet. Um, because uh, it says here that his work, what has he done? Let's see here. Besides Silent Hill, he did he did Astro Boy Edge of Time last year. He did Let It Die in 2016. He did the Silver Case HD remaster in 2016, which was a Grasshopper game. Uh, he did some tracks on Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which is interesting. But that's more that's the the game that has re, uh, remixes and not the actual tracks from the actual Persona games. Uh, he did Lollipop Chainsaw, <laughs> uh, Killer Is Dead, Murasaki Baby, which is a great game. Uh, oh, he was the composer on No More Heroes too, so I bet he will be the one okay. on the, for the uh, for the for the next No More Heroes. All of the Silent Hill games. He did Rumble Roses XX, which was a wrestling game. I remember that game. Remember that game. I, I do remember that game and a bunch of other stuff. He, he's he's got a lot of games under his belt. He's a great composer. And uh, I love that guitar solo there in the middle of that song. It's so good. Like that, that is a phenomenal solo. But um, the vocals were done. It's, we're not exactly sure because it, most of the vocalized tracks were performed by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. But one song. Well, no, it would be it would be her. It would be her because the other the other vocals is by a guy. So it's got to be her. Um, she's credited on the album as Melissa Williamson, but it's actually Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who try to think and see if she what she says here. No, doesn't say. She she mostly just works in anime stuff. She is a voice actor and she also does some actual singing too. So pretty cool. But uh, love this track. And again, this probably by I wanted to have something that definitely had a little bit more of a an edgier tone to it and a and a, and a rock feel. And I feel like this track just absolutely fit that fit that motif. So uh, this is a beautiful song. It is. Well, be- beautiful. I don't know that I would call it beautiful. You don't, you don't, you don't find this song beautiful? I, I think that the I think that the the music and the the movements and the rendition is beautiful. Yeah, but I, I think it's more. I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's just I, I don't know what I want to say. Like it, it's. I wouldn't call it beautiful. I, it's definitely good. It's definitely great. But I would, uh, I don't know. I, I, want, I, want, I want to use a rock term for beautiful. You, don't, you wouldn't call, like, a rock song beautiful. Beautiful! <laughs> no, what? Nothing. You would, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm so a little sick, so I tried, I tried to do the rock voice, and it completely failed on me. Well, I think it would have failed anyway, even if you weren't sick. That was I would terrible. have tried. I, I would have been able to try a lot harder before my voice gave out on me there. That was terrible. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't think of the right word I want to say. Uh, I, I I get what you mean by beautiful, but I would call it something else. I just don't know what it is. But I love so, it. So we'll stick with beautiful for now. We'll stick with beautiful uh, for now. But I love the track. All right, I wanted to close out strong here. Okay, me too. So this this song it, it gets me every single time. I you know, it, rarely does the song give me chills. 
This one always does. This is from Metal Gear Solid 3. This is Snake Eater. And that was Snake Eater from Metal Gear Solid 3 by Cynthia Harrow. Yes. Uh, known also for another song. She sang I Am The Wind from The Symphony of the Night, uh, which you, you featured before on a previous episode of BG Mania. Yeah, we did that during one of our Castlevania Spotlight episodes back during our October month for our yes. spooky stuff, as you called it, Rocktober. Rocktober, indeed. Um, this song gets me every single or time. Actually, but... no, no. Actually, that was all Frank Carroll. It is true. Mm-hmm. I have no association with that fool. Mm-hmm. So that means we can finally ditch the Rocktober name, right? I think it's a pretty good name, though. <laughs> well, not every October is going to feature rock and music, so. We'll find a way, Brian. We'll find a way. Um, <laughs> yeah, after some deep Googling, we really couldn't find much about Cynthia Harrell other than she did these two songs. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful voice, uh, of course. The There's song not was, even uh, a Wikipedia page or anything. Like, we were trying no, to like we, no, we, we yeah, were no, trying no. to find some other information about her, 
and there's just nothing out there. I mean, like you can see that she did this track for Metal Gear. You could see that um, that she did the one for Castlevania, like you mentioned. But it's crazy because it's it just seems like that she didn't do much. Like maybe she was only around for the stuff, but then you see like pictures where it looks like she was like a pop singer or something. So I, I have no idea. Like it, it's it's definitely a mystery to me. I, I I was not able to find much on her, which is crazy. If anyone has any knows anything about Cynthia Harrell, please let us know at bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear if she has any, any other video game music going out there or anything just in general because I really do enjoy her voice. Yeah, no, she definitely, as you mentioned, you said actually when we started listening to it that uh, that you actually really enjoyed her voice and that you thought she was so good. So uh, it, it would be interesting to see if anything else is out there on her or if she's still doing things or if she's retired or, you know, or whatever the case may be. Who knows? Who knows? But that was my final track. But uh, Brian, what do you have for us? Well... I opened the show with what I thought is my, my well, actually not what I think, what I, what I know is my favorite love story of all time in video games from Final Fantasy VIII. I'm going to close things today with one of my favorite tracks from video games of all time and one of my favorite emotional moments from video games, but definitely my number one favorite moment in video games and my number one favorite moment from the same series that I opened with, Final Fantasy. So we're going to go to Final Fantasy X. And, and those of you who have played this game know exactly what I'm talking about. When, when Before I even need to mention it, I'm sure you already have an idea of what I'm going to play. But the track is called Suteki Denai, or Danae. One of those two. Suteki Danae, we're going to call it. Uh, it's in Japanese, so we'll, we'll call it Suteki Danae. And uh, this is the song that you hear when you're in the lake. You, obviously, you have Yuna, there's Titus. And it's the first time, obviously, Final Fantasy X has a love story, just like Final Fantasy VIII. And this is the first time where Titus and Yuna actually share their feelings with one another. They embrace, and they actually have this really emotional, really romantic moment. And it's beautiful, dude. It's so freaking gorgeous what, how this takes place. Um, the, the, this, the lake is the perfect setting Um you know, this the, everything floating around, this beautiful graphics, beautiful, like, it, it, in the HD remaster, it's so freaking good, let me tell you. But uh, I, I literally tear up every single time I see the scene, whether it's just watching it on YouTube, whether it's just listening to that track like we just did, whether it's actually playing the game, this hits me hard every single time. It's definitely one of my favorite moments in terms of video games. I absolutely love this. It's so freaking good. And I honestly, because I knew I was closing out the show today, there was no better way to close out than with this track and to leave as a lasting impression because I feel like anything else we've played today just doesn't even come close to this track. Suteki Dane from Final Fantasy X. But uh, that is going to bring us to the end of our romantic take on BG Mania. Obviously, it's kind of neat because as we did this this year, it falls on Valentine's Day. So we won't be able to do this again for quite some time. When, I mean, we won't be able to do this again until Valentine's Day falls on a Wednesday once again. So that's probably years in the future. We'll, we'll still be going. We'll still. There will be a part two. There will be a part two. We, we can find a way. We can jim jangle things around. No, any any bets on how long it'll actually be until until the next Valentine's Day is on a Wednesday? Six years. Is it six years? Oh, I'm just throwing good math out there. That's is, all. That, is that is that how that works? Because you know so, you like you like to add leap years in there when there's actually no leap years. I just make my I make my own way. Yeah, the next time we'll be able to do this is in 2024, 
the second Wednesday of the month, February 14th, 2024. Keep... Oh, you looked, you looked it up? I looked it up, yeah, of course. But, but, was... but, math, but mathematically, how, how far is 2024 from now? That would be six years. <laughs> All right, your home, boy. Pretty sure you got lucky. That's the whole point of, the, of, uh, of this holiday. That's what... get lucky. <laughs> That's what getting lucky's all about. No, so 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 definitely, uh, we we hope you anticipate part two of our romantic look of music coming February fourteenth, twenty twenty four. Only a small six years away. <laughs> but uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of BG Mania. As I mentioned at the beginning, BG Mania is uploaded to iTunes and Google Play every Wednesday morning. Leaving us a rating and a review, if you haven't already done so on either iTunes or Google Play, helps us out tremendously in terms of search results. If you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, remember to email us at bgmania at leveldowngames.com with those requests. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games, so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis. Remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our videos on YouTube and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find our main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information. And finally, over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames for all of our live streams. Feel free to say hello when you drop on by. Doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. The Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday, the Top 10 Series every Friday, and Revisiting the Classics, a weekly trip back to the past to play some retro games every Saturday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Next week, we're going back to our series episodes. We're going to be going back to Final Fantasy. We're going to be taking a look at 10 tracks from Final Fantasy VIII and 10 tracks from Final Fantasy IX. I'm excited for this one, man. It's going to be a good episode. I'm really looking forward to this one. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Suteki Dane from Final Fantasy X. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.